Well, praise the Lord. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. And first of all, I want to give thanks to the presence of the Lord for keeping us healthy in this first Sunday of 2021. I also want to give thanks to God for uh, the praise and worship team for their commitment to leading us into the transformative presence of God. Sister Jessica, of course, and Brother Keno and Brother Sheldon. And also want to give thanks to our um, media team that's here and also our operations team that's making this service uh, possible. So if you can give them a little love in the chat, that will be wonderful to encourage them. Praise the name of the Lord. Well, we're going to get right into the word, but first thing I want to do is to ask uh, the first question of 2021 for our children between the ages of, well, zero up to 17. And again, if you have the answer, just send it to the email below and you will get a response. But last week, we spoke on that there are three types of ships that God needs uh, or uses or we are a part of when it comes to being a ship mover. I mentioned three kinds of ships. So if you could email uh, the address below, again, if you are 17 years old and under, uh, you will hopefully win the prize, which is a Dunkin' Donuts gift card. Amen. God bless you. Well, Acts chapter 1, verse 14, and Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 4. And before I pray, I just want to give honor to God for what he did for us on our New Year's Eve service. It was amazing. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for what you did. Acts chapter 1, verse 14 is the NIV, and Acts chapter 2 verses 1 to 4, NIV version. They all, that is 120 people, joined together constantly in prayer. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, without warning, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed like tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them, all of them, whether they were doubters, whether they were believers, whether they were full of faith, or whether they were full of fear, didn't matter. The fact that they were together, all of them, were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. I want to speak to you on the subject, subject, Ship Movers, Part 2. Ship Movers, Part 2. Father, I pray right now that you would speak to us through your word. I pray that your speech, my speech and my preaching will not be with the enticing words of man's wisdom, but that let there be demonstration of spirit of power that our faith will not rest in the wisdom of Brian Green, but in the power of God. 
I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Ephesians chapter 1, I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, would give unto us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. Let the eyes of the understanding of our heart be enlightened so that we would know what is the hope of your calling. What are the riches of the glory of your inheritance that you have in each and every one of us who are your saints? Help us to know the exceeding greatness of your power towards us who believe it's the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. In Jesus' name, amen. I, I had a meeting with uh, a few of our young people, about eight of them, between the ages, were in their 20s, someone in their 20s and someone in their 30s, and I was asking them, you know, um, as, as we're ending 2020, and this is back in September, uh, they were meeting in my yard, we were socially distanced, we were outside, et cetera, et cetera, and I said, I, I need to hear from you uh, what, what is on your heart for the future of PT? What, what, what are the things that you think we need to improve on? And it was just an opportunity that I wanted to provide uh, the, the, the young adults with an opportunity to share their hearts without me interrupting or me becoming defensive. And I remember one individual, uh, Corinne Ray, she said, she said, uh, Bishop, Uncle Brian, uh, you need to speak that message ship builders again, ship movers again. And because I, I really feel, and this was her heart, she says, I really feel like people, you know, there's too many, there's too few people doing a lot of the work. And we need people to stop taking their position to do work and instead of basically being on the PT cruise line. Now this is a young person. And years ago, I preached this message, in fact, I preached it back in like 2002. And, and before we had PTCB, we actually had a, a paper directory and the directory had all of the PT uh, members and partners in the directory. This is before, again, we had it, it digitalized. And this is the cover. And the cover for the following year, I think it's 2003 there, or 2004, 2003. And we called our partners ship movers. Now, we didn't say, no, they still were referred to as partners, but we, we say, look, if you're a part of this church, you need to be a ship mover. And we, and we shared, and, and, and the fact is the thing that makes, why, why I use this scripture is because on New Year's Eve, I shared a short message of, of the fact that there is power in corporate prayer. There's power in corporate prayer. And the thing, reason why I read this particular sh, uh, scripture is because if we're going to carry out our theme, and you'll, I'll, have, I'll share it with a bit of it later. If we're going to carry out our theme of biblical justice, there can be no biblical justice without first praying. And the fact that the church was birthed, was birthed in Acts chapter 2, that is 
considered, the day of Pentecost is considered the birthday of the church. And please understand this, you've got to get this in your hearts and in your mind, that the church was birthed out of prayer. Mm. And I'm not talking about simply prayer, the church was birthed in a prayer meeting. 120 people is not a small group, it is a prayer meeting. Ah. And it it makes sense because God, out of all the words, and I'll keep saying this over and over again, out of all the words that God, not us, God, not prophets, God, not Moses, all of the words that God could use to describe his house, Isaiah chapter 56, verse 7, he says, my house shall be called of all nations a house of prayer. Yep, I know worship's important. I know the word of God is important. I know being together is important. But the primary thing that I want my church to be labeled as is a house of prayer. And as if God said, I want to make sure you get it, he said that in the Old Testament, the book of Isaiah, then he fast forwards to the New Testament where Jesus Christ himself says in, I believe it's Matthew chapter 21, around the 13th verse, 14th, 15th verse, around there, he says, my house shall be called of all nations the house of prayer. The house of prayer. So I've come to the conclusion that before we do anything, we have to make sure that this is a house of prayer or else our effort of justice will be pretty much like anybody, will, will be no different than the secular organizations that are doing good work, but that's not biblical justice. It's social justice, and that's not what we're called to do. Mm. And that's why it's so important that you understand that we we. If you've been in this church any length of time, you know that we usually have our 21-day prayer and fasting and consecration period. We usually do it after Ash Wednesday, Lent season, leading up into Easter. But this year is so crucial. This year is so critical. This year is so uh, um, devastating, that the season, that the Lord said, no, you need to start praying and fasting in January. So we're going to start January 10th to the 31st, where we're going to be in a period of consecration. Consecration means simply means this, to set oneself apart for God to use. And so when you go to our website, you want to know, understand how to, how do, how do I do this consecration? How do I pray and fast? Uh, Again, some of you may do the Daniel fast. Some of you may just fast one meal a day. Some of you may just simply do, hey, I'm just, just doing water. Whatever you choose that involves food, the denial and the abstinence of what you usually do, please, during those 21 days, we're going to seek the Lord. I, I want to press pause for a moment right now, and I'm going to ask you to join me in prayer because as I was thinking about this season, how crucial it is, 358,000 people, as of this day, have lost their lives from the COVID-19 pandemic. And I don't ever want our church to become numb to the fact that those numbers represent people's lives. So let's just pause right now and bow our heads. Father, in the name of Jesus, 
Lord, those are 358,000 lives, many of which, many of which will not get into the kingdom of God, will not enter into heaven. Many of them, many of which, unfortunately, because they don't know Jesus Christ, will spend eternity in hell. And I pray, Father, that you just have mercy right now. First of all, I'm asking you that you would comfort the families who have lost loved ones. Secondly, I ask that you would stir our hearts as a church that we would get about the business of winning souls and sharing Jesus Christ so that people who may, may lose their lives to this virus would, would receive Jesus' life, who you said you so love the world that you gave your only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. And so, Father, in Jesus' name, be the God of all comfort and help us to never, ever, ever, ever just look at that number, 358,000 and, 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 and rising and just simply say, oh, oh, well, you know, it'll be over in September. No, Lord, people are losing their lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We shared last week that there are three kinds of ships. There are three kinds of ships that, that, that God is using to move his agenda forward. And we said, and, and this is just something to keep in mind. As we know, the fellowship the Bible says in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, they devoted themselves continually to the fellowship and they also devoted themselves to prayer. Again, the power of, uh, of corporate prayer. They, they devoted themselves to community. They devoted themselves to relationship. I, love, I heard this from Pastor China Cleveland. She said, we can grow, we, we, we can learn in isolation, but we only grow in community. See, it's in community that you find out whether you're a giver or you're selfish. It's in community when you find out whether you have a low, uh, uh, for, for want of a better word, a, a moderate temperament or you have a bad temper. It, it's, it's in community where you really learn who you really are and hopefully you grow from it. So we want to encourage you. Do you belong to a small group? Do you in this, in this ministry? Do you belong to, to a ministry group? You know, even the media team, though you may say, oh, no, that's, that's not necessarily spiritual. Yes, it is. Because not only are they making sure that we are online, but the, these, these brothers and sisters, they pray with each other. They, 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 they care for each other. They check in with each other. And my point is, is that we need to remind ourselves that we are part of a fellowship. We're not isolationists. We're not just walking. The reason why we start out the prayer, our Father, one of the reasons is that it reminds us that we have brothers and sisters. We're not only children. So I, I plead with you, I, 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 I implore you that you, I beseech you that you get yourself connected to a, to, to a small group or a ministry. Why? So that you can be accountable and so that somebody can pray for you. You can pray for somebody else. You can grow. 
in your walk with the Lord. If you remember, I started out the year, and this is why it's so important with this fellowship, I started out the year, or not the, the year, the pandemic, talking about Jesus needs a donkey. And if you remember, I showed a picture of a donkey even on New Year's Eve, if you were at the service, two donkeys together. And there's two qualities. And see, I, the reason I have two donkeys together is because number one, there is, they are yoked together, which, which speaks of, which speaks of, watch this, accountability. Accountability. It speaks of teamwork. And there's two things I mentioned about the donkey that I, I don't ever want us to forget. Number one, I said a donkey has the ability to hear another donkey from 60 miles away. That was, and that would be like a donkey being here in Cambridge can, and could hear the cry of another donkey all the way in Worcester. And my point is, is that the beauty of fellowship is that is that many times God can put somebody on your heart and for no other reason, you're like, why, why is this person on my heart? And, 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 and you've experienced it many times because you've walked with the Lord where, where you say to somebody, you know what, I was praying for you, or you send somebody a scripture, or you, or you send somebody a card or a gift or something, and they say to you, my goodness, oh, that, you, you have no idea what I was going through. And they, and they, and they are so grateful to you that at at, at a specific time, a, you gave them a word in season to encourage, encourage them. That's what I call the donkey having the ability to hear a person from far off, maybe even another country, but somehow God put them on your heart. And I want to encourage you that, that when God puts somebody on your mind or on your heart, don't simply say, oh, I was thinking about them, but shoot them a text message. Shoot them an email, DM them, whatever you can do, social media. But, but my point is that say, if nothing else, just simply say, I'm praying for you. Because you have no idea what people are going through, especially in this season of isolation. The second thing I like is that, is that a donkey can carry, it, it, the donkey is one of the most strongest animals in the animal kingdom. In other words, a donkey can carry more weight per their own weight than any other animal. And my point is, is that we, the, Bible, the Bible says, uh, and I, I don't know, where, I can quote the scripture, but I don't know exactly where it is. It says, uh, bear ye one, I think it's the Galatians, bear ye one another's burdens so that you fulfill the law of Christ. Bear one another's burdens so that you can fulfill the law of Christ. In other words, God is saying, I need donkeys. Why? Because you have got, you and I have got to be able to carry burdens beyond our own. Too often, Lord have mercy, too often many of us are in survival mode. And God is like, no, I need you to carry other people's burdens, not just your own. And watch this, and not just your family. Bless us for no more. We need to care about those who are outside of our sphere of life. And that's why you'll be hearing the report, hopefully by next Sunday, of how much uh, resources, funds that we raise to help our brothers and sisters in Pentecostal Tabernacle who, who are struggling financially through this pandemic. 
If you understand what I'm saying, say amen in the chat and put a thumbs up uh, just as a word of encouragement. Secondly, there's a battleship. We're called to a fellowship. We're called to a battleship. We're called to combat. We're called to wrestling. The Bible says, Jesus says in, in, in Matthew, I think it's Matthew 18. I always get a mix of either Matthew 16 and Matthew 18, when he says, upon this rock, the rock named Jesus, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not, will not, excuse me, will not prevail against it. In other words, we are called to break through the gates of hell and set people free. We, uh, there's, a, there's a movie, some of you may have heard of it, called Ben-Hur, and if you, it just, if you get an opportunity, just Google Ben-Hur and, and, and Ben-Hur and, and Google the rowing scene, the rowing scene, and, and, and there was a, they, they're rowing to a beat, they're rowing to a beat, and there's a commander who was saying, all right, no, no, he's, he's telling them to go at different speeds, and then the fastest speed was the beat's going boom, 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 and they're rowing to a beat. They're rowing to a theme, of, of, and, and, and the commander says, I, I'm asking you now to, to speed it up and, and, and go to what they call ramming speed. What is ramming speed? Ramming speed is that we're going to ram into another ship because we are in a battle. We're in a war. And too many of us are, 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 are hanging around church thinking that, oh, it's nice to be on the cruise ship where we're having our virgin pina coladas, hopefully they're virgin, and at the, at the pool of Bethesda and just chilling out. But, but you, not, you need to understand that we're in a warfare. We're, we're in a battle for people's souls. We're in a battle for people's destinies. We're in a battle right now. They're, they're, the, the number of people, I was just reading the article, the number of people who there has been, there's been an increase in drug addiction during this season. There's been an increase in attempted suicides in this season. There's an increase in sin, people, private sin because of the isolation. Folks, we're in a battle. We're in a warfare. And some of us are just chilling out. And some of us are even struggling ourselves. We're in a battle. And that's why this, this whole thing about biblical justice is so important. Micah chapter 6, verse 8. Verse eight. Micah chapter 6, verse 8 is our theme in the, in the ESV version. And this is God saying, this is, this is God speaking. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice? The Tree of Life version says, practice justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. So our theme as you can see on the screen, is biblical justice for 2021. This is our theme. It is commanded by God, but it's powered by us. In other words, what does that mean? 
Now you saying that we don't need the power of God? Of course we need the power of God. But in the final analysis, James put it perfectly. Read James chapter 2, verse 20 and 26. He says, show me your faith, I'll show you my works. Because faith without works is dead. So yes, God can say and God can power us to do justice, but we have got to be God's hands, God's feet, God's arms, God's eyes, God's ears, God's voice. For justice. And that's why we use a theme from our, our teenagers put together, and I love this definition of justice, and it means to remove every obstacle and provide every opportunity for people to flourish and accomplish their God-given purpose. That's why, that's why the biblical piece is so important, because you can't know your God-given purpose without the Bible. Hmm. So starting tomorrow, the morning prayer team, or the morning prayer group that, and, and I'm so excited because when I challenge the church to, hey, some of you try to get on morning prayer more or, or midnight prayer more or social justice prayer more, which takes place on our day in fasting as a church, uh, which is Tuesday. The numbers went up Amazingly, you know, morning prayer, morning numbers was 70 devices, and that didn't even count the couples that were on together. 70 people on for morning prayer. 30 to 35 people on for midnight prayer and social just, I mean, it's amazing what God is doing. So we're gonna be we're gonna be reading one chapter a day, all the way up through uh, Easter, or uh, the end of March. The book of Isaiah. We're going to start tomorrow. And, and what I want you to do is to start reading the book of Isaiah through the lens of justice. Through the lens of justice. And when you start reading the book of Isaiah through the lens of justice, you'll be shocked to find out that, oh my goodness, this really is a book of justice. For example, I, I grew up in church all my life. Next week I'll be 62, and praise the Lord if the Lord should be in my life. And, I, and, I, and I've always heard this scripture, come let us reason together, saith the Lord, though your sins be as crimson, I'll make them white as snow. How many have heard that scripture many times? Yeah, of course. If, if you were raised in the church, you had to have heard that scripture at least once. And, and, but here's the thing. I always heard the scripture, but I never heard it in the context of what it was written. What do you mean? The verse before that scripture, look, at, look for yourself, Isaiah chapter 1, verse 17, it says, seek, this verse 17, it says, seek justice and correct oppression. Then the next verse says, come, let us reason together. Lord have mercy. So, so God is... Right out the bat, right, right out the gate in the book of Isaiah, God is talking about justice. And so we're going to go through all 66 chapters, and I'm, I'm believing the Lord that his word will transform our minds to understand that justice is important to God. If you can understand what I'm saying, why don't you just put your hands up right where you are and say, Lord, help me to see justice the way you see it. Thank you, Jesus.
Oh, wow. Then there's a cargo ship. Again, the cargo uh, container. Uh, in other words, we're a ship that carries the goods of God. Again, the prayer, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, that word Father means source. So what, what am I saying? I'm saying that we need you, the people of God, to make every effort to come together for prayer. We have three different times of prayer. We have 6 a.m. prayer. We have midnight prayer. And we also have social justice prayer. It is very important. I, I can't say this uh, enough. Now, I, I want to talk to you about three qualities of a ship mover. I'm only, talk, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm only gonna talk about one right now. But I wanna talk to you about three qualities of a ship movers because um, I, re I really feel like this is important for where God's gonna take us. If you're going to be a sh uh, an effective ship mover, you have to be in agreement with God. You and I have to be in agreement with ourselves. And thirdly, we have to be in agreement with others. Our agreement with God, our agreement with ourselves, and agreement with others. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, we know the scripture very well. It says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, or if anyone be in Christ, he or she is a new creation. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Verse 18, now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ. That is, God was in Christ, Reconciling the world to himself, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled with God. God is always trying to get us to be in agreement with him. One of my favorite scriptures is, is Acts chapter 15, around the 28 verse, where they were trying to make a decision and they were saying, and, and, and James trying to make a decision on behalf of the church, he, he says, it seemed good to the Holy Spirit first and then to us. Some of us, if we're going to get out of the gate strongly, we have to agree with the Holy Spirit. We have to walk with the Holy Spirit. Let me give you an illustration and then I'll finish and we'll talk about agreement with oneself and agreement with others later. Uh, Lady Karma, why don't you come up here? And, and Lady Karma, you're going to be the Holy Spirit. You're going to be the Holy Spirit. And so, uh, again, God said in Christ, that is in the anointing, in the anointed one, we need to be reconciled with God. Well, first of all, reconciliation, God's first of all means get saved, meaning give your life to Jesus, but the reconciliation doesn't stop there. And if you know what reconciliation is, it's an it's a, it's a, a accounting term, a banking term, where basically you want to make sure that the two amounts are, 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 are in agreement. The two amounts are in agreement, meaning what I say I have in my account is reconciled, meaning it is the same as what the bank says 
I have in an account. And so what we have is that I want to be reconciled with, with God. I want, to, I want to follow the Holy Spirit. And so I'm watching the Holy Spirit. I'm watching the Holy Spirit. I'm watching the Holy Spirit, okay? However you roll, Holy Spirit, I'll roll. Whatever pace you roll at, I'll roll at, Holy Spirit. And I'm, and I'm flowing with the Holy Spirit. I'm flowing. If he goes to the other side, I'm going to flow on the other side. Okay. However, however the Holy Spirit flows, I'm going to flow. But see, some of us, Holy Spirit, maybe just keep going, and 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 some of us are like, I'm tired of this. How come we can't move faster? How come my blessing hasn't come sooner? How come I'm not married yet? How come I don't have my degree yet? How come I don't own my house yet? And so now we decide. Keep flowing, Holy Spirit. We decide anyway. Keep keep rolling along the other way. The other way. So we decide, you know what? I think we need to go this way. And so now, you, you, you rowing the opposite. Oh, this boy's preaching up in here. You rowing the opposite of the direction of the Holy Spirit. And if Holy Spirit is rowing one direction and I'm rowing the other direction, guess what? We're not going anywhere. Woo! Or you can row one direction and the Holy Spirit, stop rowing, Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit said, you know what? I'm not. The Bible says, my spirit will not strive with man all the time. And so sometimes the Holy Spirit just says, you know what? I'm going to stop rowing. And you keep rowing. Are you watching this now? You, you keep rowing. And you know what happens? The ship. Instead of going forward, this boy is preaching up in here. It goes backwards. We call it backsliding. All of a sudden, sin becomes comfortable. All of a sudden, we don't see you logging on at Bible class and morning prayer and Sunday morning because... See, see, it's not, it's not back leaping, it's backsliding. Before you know it, you have no taste for the things of God. We must agree with the Holy Spirit. And sometimes I've discovered the Holy Spirit again. Sometimes, hey, where are we going? And, 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 and the Holy Spirit ain't telling me. Where are we going? Holy Spirit ain't telling me. Well, I'll stop rowing. <laughs> this is one thing I've learned. Mm, preach this thing. One thing I've learned about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will not be blackmailed. Well, if you don't do this, then I quit. The Holy Spirit says, okay, quit. It's your life. I'm trying to help a brother out. I'm trying to help a sister out, but look, fine. Look at, I'm in heaven. I'm cool. I'm trying to help you. Now, we can either get there fast with you rowing with me, or you don't you go on your little boycott 
I ain't rowing at all. Okay, if you don't row at all, see, there's, there's one thing that, I've, that is frightening about God, and that is, there. Mm, my goodness, this boy is preaching up in here. There are some things that God will not read my lips. Read, read my lips. There are some things in your life that God cannot do unless you partner with him. There's some things that he just cannot do. God can do anything. I know he can do anything, but there's, in his omnipotence, he makes a choice of saying, I cannot do this unless you partner with me. I want to save your family. I want to bring you into your destiny, but I can't do it unless you pray in agreement with me. So if you don't open your mouth, I can't do it. I'm not saying everything. There are some things. And so I, I, I beg you, I implore you, thank you, honey, that in this season, that you will come in agreement with God. In agreement with God. As we're about to pray, Bishop, how do I come in agreement with God? First of all, read the, read the scriptures, read the Bible. The, the scriptures, the Bible actually tells us how to come in agreement with God, how to align ourselves with God. Secondly, pray. You, you, you've got to talk to God. You've got to have conversation. Notice, please understand, if in any relationship, if you're doing all the talking, it's not a relationship. It is a speech. We need to converse with God, which means sometimes I need to be still and listen to his voice, whether it be through the scriptures that I'm reading or he speaks in my heart. How do I align myself with God? Worship. Praise. And the Bible says in Psalm 22, verse 3, God inhabits, he shows up in the praises of his people. So if you're feeling distant from God, stop playing worship music. Stop playing praise music. Stop speaking in tongues. Stop just saying hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Somehow praise attracts God. Somehow praise attracts the presence of the Holy Spirit. And even it may take a minute, sometimes it may take 10 minutes, but if you praise God long enough, he will show up. Let's bow our heads. Thank you for your patience. Father, I thank you for your word. And if there's anybody here who, as I shared earlier, they were backslided. They, they left 2020 going in the opposite direction of you. They left 2020 basically sliding backwards in their walk with you. For some of them, they just simply said, I'm not, they just simply turned around and walked away from you. But Lord, you've sent this, this sermon. As Paul says, you're saying, be reconciled with me. Be reconciled with me. 
Walk in agreement with me. Align yourself with me. I got a plan for your life. I got a plan for your life. And those who are under the sound of my voice, if you're saying, you know what, I know you were speaking a sermon, Bishop Brian, but I heard God speaking to me saying, come back to me. If that's you, just repeat after these words. Uh, if you never came, if you never gave your life to Jesus, but you're saying, I want to give my life to Jesus right now. Bow your head right now and, I, and I'll pray. I'll pray a prayer. And all you have to do is repeat this prayer. And all I'm doing, these are your words. I'm just helping you with the process. Repeat after me, dear Lord, I come to you right now and I admit, Lord, that I'm a sinner. And all that means is I've never asked Jesus to come in my life or I have walked away from Jesus. But Jesus, I believe you died for my sin a penalty that I should have paid. You paid that price. And then God, accepting your payment for me, raised you from the dead so that I could become a child of God and spend eternity with you. So Jesus, because you're alive, your Bible says, Whoever calls upon the name of Jesus shall be saved. Jesus, I'm calling on you. Save me and make me a child of God. Thank you, Jesus, for hearing my prayer. And right now, I believe I'm God's child. Now, if you said that prayer, please get in contact with us through the email and information below, and we'll be glad to really encourage you in your walk with God. Those of you who are believers, partners of Pentecostal Tabernacle, or tuning in, I want to encourage you to be with us next week. I want to conclude this series on ship movers, but I think it's so important that we walk in agreement with God Next week will be very important. Walk in agreement with yourself. Some of you are not even walking in agreement with yourself. What does that mean? Oh, you're going to find out. And of course, walk in agreement with other people, other believers. There's power in agreement. And it's going to be especially powerful for those of you who are married couples or families or, or you have good friends. You really need to be walking in agreement. PT is going to be picking up speed this year as a fellowship, as a battleship, and as a cargo ship where we're bringing resources into people's, heaven's resources into people's lives who need it. God bless you. Let's bow our heads. I'm not going to say a closing blessing this time. I'm going to say a closing prayer for you. Father, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your word. I pray that this will be a season of explosive growth, explosive harvest. I, I, I pray, Lord, that that which the enemy may have stolen in 2020, that which may have looked like a horrible, horrific year, that 
you will bless us in such a way, whether it's even in our character, you, you will do things that are so awesome in our lives that we will say like the psalmist said in Psalm 119, verse 71 and 72, he said, it was good for me that I had been afflicted, that I might learn your statutes. The law from your mouth is better unto me than thousands of gold and silver. That the lessons that we learn through affliction will reap tremendous fruit in our lives. You're pruning us right now. You're, you're cutting off dead things in our lives so that we can bear more fruit. So thank you for your goodness. Please, Lord, I pray that you'll give us the courage, the courage and the patience to allow you to finish your process. In Jesus' name, God bless you. See you next Sunday. Thank you.